Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this opportunity to worship you together. Lord, thank you for taking us from out of our normal day-to-day lives and giving us this moment in time to gather together and to focus our, our prayers and our thoughts and our minds towards you. Lord God, we came here bearing burdens and grief and sorrow, frustrations, anger, Lord God, we lay those at your feet and we ask that you would take those burdens from us. Reveal the hope of your Son, Jesus Christ, to us. Increase in us faith, Lord God. Faith and trust in you and your powerful will and your desire for this world. And Lord, I pray that you would give me your words that I might speak faithfully to your people, Lord that we might all come into deeper and more profound relationship with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! Morning. It is so splendid to see you all today. Well, I brought with me a present because these were not always easy for me. Not the wrapping and stuff like that, but like getting presents. And it wasn't necessarily the getting of the present that was super hard. It was that I had a younger brother. And when we got presents at the same time, that was hard. Right? Like Christmas time. Uh, if I opened my present and my brother opened his present and his looked better than mine, how do you think I felt? Or if I opened my present and he opened his present and I looked at his and I knew mine was better, how do you think I felt? And how did he feel? Bad. So we would fight and squabble about what each other got for Christmas. Right? Birthdays, you were okay because we were like, I was born in August, he was in November. So you had enough separation there. You know, you didn't, it wasn't seeing them right side by side, both brand new. But at Christmas, boy, that was hard. And so my parents and other family members had to start getting us the same thing. The same thing, just different colors. Right? He gets a red robot, I get a blue robot. He gets an orange truck, I get a yellow truck. Just so that we wouldn't fight each other and be upset at Christmas. Isn't that horrible? It's horrible. Didn't you all do that? Am I the only one here who is that selfish and jealous that I would do that? Because you know what happened? What? Did you say yes? Oh, man. Yeah, and so, really, that was, the sad thing about it is, like, sure, I suffered from it because I didn't have the full joy of just receiving a gift and being thankful for it, but who also suffered? My brother and the gift givers, too. The gift giver, too, because they felt like, oh, gosh, did I do something wrong? Did I really, did I give one a better gift than the other? Right? It's so horrible. It's so embarrassing to think about it now. So embarrassing. And eventually I grew out of it. Mostly, right? <laughs> you know? I'm much better now. My brother and I don't live together anymore, so it's easier in some level. 
Um, it's not immediately right there, but that competition, that jealousy, that desire to have the best makes this gospel passage from today profoundly upsetting for me. I don't know about you, but when I read this gospel passage, I'm like, that is not fair at all. Not fair. It makes me want to stomp my foot on the ground. And so let's just jump into that gospel passage so we can see why it's so difficult for me. Well, it begins by Jesus saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. So this parable will be something that will tell us about what the kingdom of heaven is like, right? That's how Jesus sets the scene. So he hires the first guys early in the morning. We presume we don't really know what time it is, um, but it's got to be early. And, And there's a key element right here, so pay attention. It says in the narrative that after agreeing with the laborers for the usually for the usual daily wage, he hires them to work in his vineyard. Right. So what do they agree on? The daily wage. Right. They agree on how much they're going to work and how much they're going to get paid. Then things are going great until the landowner goes out from the vineyard back into town. And who does he see? More people. So it's nine o'clock now. So he hires these people. He sees them loafing around and he says, come on, come in the vineyard and I'll pay you, this one's different, whatever is right. It's kind of an interesting hiring practice, right? I'll pay you whatever is right. Then he goes out again at noon and then at three and then at five. Uh, we don't hear anything about the noon, the three, the noon or the three, but the five, he says to them, why are you standing here idle all day? Why are you loafing around, not doing anything? Why don't you engage and work? And they say, well, nobody hired us. And so he says, well, all right, come and work my vineyard. So that's all good, right? You can imagine the people who got hired in the morning thinking, well, this is getting better. Because as we're getting tired, he's bringing in fresh legs to come and work in this place, in the vineyard. And so that'll be easier because many hands make what? Like work, right? So they're thinking, this is great. Right when we're fading, we've got new people here who can help us out. What a great deal. And everything is a great deal until when? Payday, right? Which back then happened that day, the same day. So sun is setting. He brings all the people in. And who gets to go first to get their pay? The first who came last. The first ones are the ones who came last. That's right. This is great for dramatic tension, isn't it? So they come forward, and what do the last people receive? Full day's pay. Normal daily wage, that's what they get. They get paid back. And what are the people who've been working all day thinking right now? Overtime, that's right. They're thinking, thinking, man, we are going to make out like bandits on this guy. If he pays these people who've worked one hour, if he pays them 12 hours worth of salary, then... We're going to get like 12 times more than normal. This is going to be great. They're going to get rich. It's tenderloin tonight, right? I mean, it's they're going to be. It's going to be a good night in their households. But when they get up to the front of the line, what do they get paid? The same amount as the five o'clock workers. The same amount. Same amount as those who came in just long enough to get paid. It's amazing. And are they happy with this? No, not at all. They're really fried. And so they bring it right up to the landowner. They don't mess with anything else. They just want to tell, they want to have it out with him. They say these last worked only one hour. 
and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. That sounds miserable, doesn't it? You can, I mean, I resonate with these people. I'm like, I get you guys. I get you. And that is, you are getting a short straw on this deal. This is not how it's supposed to happen. But the landowner responds to their anger with gentleness and truth. And he says to them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? So did the morning workers agree to a certain fee for their labors? Yeah. And did they get paid that? Yes. So was it fair for them? Yes and no. Right? Yes and no. It was fair in that they got what they were contracted for. That is fair. But the unfair part is that other people did not get the same pay based on a sliding scale of how many hours they had actually worked, right? Or whatever that word, however you describe that. They didn't get an equal pay for equal work. Instead, these people got less per hour than the other people. complicated part is that the owner made up his own mind to do this and didn't inform the early morning workers that he was going to be doing this, that he was going to be paying them in this manner. And he asserts this when he says, I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Is he allowed to do what he wants with what he wants? With Yes, absolutely. And they have a decision if whether they want to work for this guy again or whether they're going to show up at five the next day, right? (laughs) They've got their own choice. But then he says, or are you envious because I am generous? To which you can imagine them saying yes, because you weren't generous to me, right? That's probably what they're thinking. Jesus closes this parable by saying, so the last will be first. And the first will be last. This is deeply unsettling. right? This is not how things are supposed to go. But I think it's helpful at this point to focus on what this parable is not. And this parable is not an employment guide. (laughs) Right? Do not say when you go back to your workplace tomorrow morning, like we're going to reorganize our business according to Jesus' principles. And start, you know, like messing with your employees' salaries. Or if you work for a company, you don't just get to come in and say, I came at five, I want the whole day's work. I want all my pay. Right? You don't get to do that. Jesus is not telling us how to compensate our employees or how it's fair for us to be paid at work. Not at all. He's using a conflict with a clear understanding of fairness to reveal something about how the kingdom of heaven works. Because you remember how Jesus began the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like dot, dot, dot. Kingdom of heaven. He's telling us something about the kingdom of heaven. Because Jesus' audience felt the same way about work as we do. If someone works for longer doing the same job, then they should get paid more for it. Because they put in more hours, more time. But Jesus isn't really talking about money. He is talking about heaven. He's talking about how people get into eternal life. Some are called early in the morning. And if this parable is about our lives, what would somebody who's called early in the morning, when would that be? When they're a kid, right? When they're in their youth, when they're a child. 
They spend their entire life working in the Lord's vineyard. Their whole life is lived under his care and concern, working according to his purposes. Uh, when you're called young, you have to go through all those big challenges in life as a Christian, right? Puberty, marriage, kids, right? Those things are all complicated to navigate. Work, getting your job, right? Those are all hard to do. And, and so someone who is called as a child goes through all of that laboring in the field of the Lord's vineyard. And what is at, they reach the end of their life and what is their reward? Heaven, eternal life, right? Okay, others are called and respond at the end of their lives. And they have a short period to work in the vineyard or no time at all. Right? Some people have a, a deathbed conversion. Right? And what is their reward? What are their wages for that? Eternal life. Right? Same wages, different time. Different amount of effort exerted into it. Eternal life is the reward. So this is not a parable about employment practices. This is about eternal life. A person can get called whenever the Lord chooses to call them, and their wages will be the same. This is the simple message of the parable. But the hidden warning in this parable, much like in the parable of the prodigal son, is that warning for the workers who were called early in the morning. It's a warning for the workers who have labored faithfully for hours and hours and hours through the heat of the sun. The warning is to not become hard-hearted to those who come late to the job and also to not resent the work that is before us. Because do you ever find yourself thinking about those people who convert right at death, right, and think, well, they got to live their whole life exactly how they wanted to live it, and then right at the end, boom, they get out of punishment. You ever think that? You've thought that before? It's okay, you can admit it, it's alright. I've thought that before. What's the flaw in that view? Well, one, you never know when you're going to die, so you're really gambling, right? The other flaw is... Jesus died for all. And the other flaw is... They had their whole life without Christ. The flaw in that reasoning is that doing exactly what I want to do according to my flesh is good or better than doing what God wants me to do. That's the flaw. That's the flaw. For these guys who worked all day long in the hot sun in the vineyard, they resented the fact that they put in all that effort in the Lord's vineyard and then were not paid more for it. But from a Christian point of view, working in the Lord's vineyard is the best place to be that is not a horrible labor that's what our lives were created for you and i were created to work in his vineyard to serve him according to his purposes and his desires because doing what i want to do in this world i found to be painful to be isolating to be an exchange where i end up losing my soul have you ever felt that before? Jesus wants to reorient us back to himself, to challenge us, not to resent him for being in his vineyard our whole life. So this is a warning for the church. It's a warning for us to not resent the work God has put before us, but to rejoice in it because it is good work and we are working for a faithful, honest, and loving Savior.
and this work will endure. If I look back on my Christmas presents when I was a kid, my jealousy kept me from receiving gifts with joy. And it just sucked the joy right out of the people around me too. My jealousy stole from me. May this never be true for us in our Christian life. May our frustration at having been faithful to the Lord and working in his labor, may it never become frustration. May it be a joy. May we rejoice to be able to serve the Lord and to give our lives and our strength to him. And may we see working in the Lord's vineyard as the greatest gift we could ever have. And may we welcome people into his vineyard as well when he draws them, regardless of when they come. That's what it means to be the church, to be a place of welcome, a place of training up in our skills as we become vineyard workers, and a place of rejoicing as we bring in the harvest. May we receive this gift, this gift of eternal life, the kingdom of God, with joy. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for taking us jealous, broken, frustrated people, Lord God, and redeeming us. Lord, you don't cast out those people who complained to the the Lord of the vineyard. You were gentle with them and yet reoriented their hearts back to you. Lord, do the same in us that we might worship you, we might love you, and we might serve you as faithful laborers in your vineyard. Lord, we do not work because we expect a greater reward for it. We work because that is what is right. And we are thankful that you have redeemed us and that you offer us eternal life, that you have forgiven our sins. Lord God, We invite those people who have never heard your gospel, too, to join with us in this labor in the vineyard. Lord, we invite them to turn their faith to you, their hearts to you, their minds to you, and confess their sins, and to receive your grace, that they might be invited into your vineyard as well, and that they might inherit with us eternal life. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.